Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. The song you just heard is One by Metallica, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Clayton Van Horn. Clayton wrestled for Crete High School in Nebraska before moving on to Buena Vista University. While there, he studied digital media and put it to use right away. Clayton directed and produced the documentary Unsanctioned, a six-part docuseries following girls wrestling in Iowa, particularly the Ridgeview girls wrestling team. If you haven't seen it already, I highly recommend you do so. Head over to rockfin.com, click on Watch Content, and search Unsanctioned. You can also find the link in the show notes. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Clayton Van Horn. How was work today? Good, good. It was so weird. We like are remodeling the floor in the front office. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the press box. And so I can just like see the field in front of me. It's really cool, but it's super distracting because there's like like ops people out there and I find myself just like they walk across the field. I find myself just watching them walk from right field to left field for like 40 seconds. (laughs) But yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. What, um, what do you do there? So I'm the video coordinator there. And so I'll, I'll do right now we're shooting just a bunch of off season stuff, but once the season starts, I'll be shooting footage at every game mm-hmm. and making highlight stuff with it and that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you shoot the video recently about the, what was it? The cat that's like the the new cat that's in the. Yep. That was me. Yep. That was me. Okay. I, I, I wrote that whole thing and called a meeting and had people edit the script and everything. Yep, that was me. <laughs> so, you know, whose idea was it to have the cat like, no, and then eventually swipe and tip over that? Yes, yeah, so that was the one thing in the whole video that like wasn't my idea. That mm-hmm. was uh, Justin Rolfes, who's my boss. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, my cat just like smacks stuff off the counter, and uh, we can never get him to stop doing that. We're trying to train him to not do it, and I was like, I think that's a common thing, and so we had. <laughs> We had like a full grown man in a cat costume sitting on the, <laughs> the counter. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That was, I, I have a lot of fun at my job doing those sorts of videos because mm-hmm. um, it's different and, yeah. it, and it's short. They're like one off things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your like? Do you do you like doing so you produce unsanctioned? Do you like doing those longer ones too? Or those? Or, well, I, I really enjoyed Unsanctioned. I can't say for sure that that's what I like doing. I love doing Unsanctioned, but I've only done one thing, and it was about a sport that I really love, you know. And so, I don't know. I, I there is something to to be said about. I, I would sit and work for. So when I produced Unsanctioned, the majority of the time when I was editing, I were I was in Bismarck, North Dakota, working for it. I was I was an intern at another team there. Mm-hmm. And so I would work like nine to five. And then from like seven to three in the morning is when I would edit on sanction. Holy cow. Yeah. It was, it was intense, but it was, that's how I knew I loved doing it was because otherwise I'd be playing video games or, you know, doing some, you know, hanging out with friends or stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I loved sitting in the office all by myself and just being with the, the, you get to know your, 
characters in a, a way that characters as in like the people in the documentary mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't really expect. And, and also, I mean, I can tell you that I, I went and watched all the Ridgeview people wrestle. Um, was it last, I think it was last weekend at their regional tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, my, I was with my sister who's a first year wrestler this year mm-hmm. and we were watching and I was like, she's, this is her tell, you know, like I'm able to know cause I watched more <laughs> film on these wrestlers than anybody in the world probably, yeah. you know? And so it, it's just interesting. It's interesting to deep dive into a subject. But then I, I like doing the little short, quick one-off videos as well. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good change of pace. For sure. Yeah. Um, wait, so if you were in Bismarck, North Dakota, how did you like get your footage and how'd you get all that stuff that you needed for the documentary? Yeah, that was really interesting. So so what I went to Bismarck in 2021, the summer of 2021 Mm -hmm. for the summer. And then they hired like after a week after that, they texted me and they're like, hey, we want you to come back for another internship. This one will be longer. It'll start in January all the way through August. And I was like, oh, but I'm doing this this wrestling documentary. Mm -hmm. Could I come in March? And they were like, sure. So essentially, I just shot. I shot the whole season all the way from through January is when their season essentially ended. That's when they had the IWCOA tournament. And um, then when I got to uh, like, I would shoot postseason interviews. And then once March is like March 14th is when I left, I was like, all right, editing time, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. And so it was good to have that too, because otherwise I would have just kept shooting interview after interview after interview. And I would have had endless footage. But um, it was good that I had I forcibly gave myself like an end date. Of, mm-hmm. This is when you have to cut it off and start editing this thing. Otherwise, I would have never started. <laughs> yeah. So basically what you did is you got all your footage possible. And then before you left and then when you <laughs> left, that's when you were like, all right, well, I have all the footage I need. Yeah. Let's find the story or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the, the mindset going in was. I, I actually got into this project. I met these wrestlers through Jason Shepard, who is a professor of computer science at my university. And I took his class. I was doing videos for BVU's. Uh, it's like a D3 college. I was doing videos for their wrestling team, like for free, just because I had, I had fun doing it. And obviously Jason Shepard is a wrestling guy. And so he was like, hey, would you want to do a video for us? And so he actually paid me to make a video for them. And I met them and I'm like, before that, I was like, okay, girls wrestling wasn't like a huge fan. I was still a kid. I'd never been exposed to high level female wrestling. Mm -hmm. And so my only experience with it was when I would go to a tournament and I'd see like one girl every tournament, she went 0-2 most of the time and didn't really care that she went 0-2. And I was like, so when I heard about this female wrestling or girls wrestling thing, I was kind of like, yeah, but like, is it really that great? And then I went and saw Ridgeview go in and just annihilate everybody. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like, this is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because they were doing like sweep singles, like advanced stuff. And I was like, these these are wrestlers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, this is, this is, it, it blew my mind essentially. And then when I had to, my senior year, I had to make a capstone project, like a big, uh-huh. Thing. And most of the time people will do like a, like a 10 minute doc 
docu thing or docu series or whatever, not docu series, but like a 10 minute mini doc mm-hmm. or like a, like a 20 minute audio sort of thing. And I was like, dude, I could do, I could record an entire, I could just follow them throughout the season. Right. There were three of them that caught my eye. Three of that was like, these people are like really, really good, you know? And I was like, if I follow them and just record everything they do the whole season, one of them is going to have an incredible thing happen or some sort of storyline happen. And I won't even see it, but if I record everything, I'll in retrospect, see it mm-hmm. and then be able to edit out that story and do like a full thing. And so my idea was my capstone senior project would be like a pilot episode for a series. And mm-hmm. if I do the series, great. If I don't, whatever, regardless yeah it's whatever um and then i ended up i did it and then tony hager her i don't remember how he found out i think troy greeter uh texted tony or something one of the trailers once i started creating a social media presence mm-hmm. the trailers got out and tony was like uh hey how would you like to put it on i wrestle instead of just a random youtube account you know mm-hmm. and i was like that sounds way better than random youtube account you know and um yeah so that's kind of how it got started but um that's sort of the 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 thing is like i had no idea where the story was going at the beginning it was just i knew that one of them was gonna either like win a state championship or or go through some kind of adversity and i was like i'm just gonna follow them around and see what happens but yeah, turned out pretty all right. If yeah, I do say so. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. Um, let's. I want to go back to maybe the very beginning about yourself and like, did you wrestle at all in high school? Were you involved or? Yeah, yes. I I wrestled. I started wrestling in first grade. Oh yeah. All the way through high school, um, and I was. Uh, yeah, I, I had an interesting relationship with wrestling where sometimes, nope. yeah, it was, it was, tw- it was cor- for the course of 12 years. So, so sometimes it was my favorite sport ever. Like I remember in eighth grade, I would think about wrestling during math. Cl- okay. A lot of people think about their sport during math, but like all the time I would dream about wrestling. Everything was wrestling. Right. And then I got to like my freshman, sophomore year of high school. And I was like, yeah, everything's football and wrestling. I just do wrestling to get better at football, you know, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then it was, my senior year, it was it was still all about football, but then once football was done, it was all about wrestling. And then as I get, as I graduated, you know, you start to see the lessons you learn in wrestling, like you know them, but then you start to see all the lessons come play out in life, and you're like, yeah, wrestling's. I think wrestling's the best sport, you know. And, mm-hmm. and you see, there's like I, I was I spent a lot of time around Sean White, who's the coach. At the time, he was the assistant coach at Buena Vista University, where I went to school. And, like, that guy is just so wise. And you he gets it from wrestling, you know. And, and I, I just – I see all the time, like – I and then also in college, there's a lot of people that you're like, Man, you know, that person should have wrestled in high school probably. You know, like they, they would be a lot better off, like, you know, when they're missing class and they're like, oh, I just, I just can't get my homework done. It's like – yeah you know if i can carry our heavy weight upstairs for conditioning like you can do three four math problems you know and um it's just that sort of it's just that sort of things like that's why i fell in love with the sport is uh, you see the results 
of being part of the sport for so long, you see the results after you're already done with them. And actually that goes back to something Troy and I, I I'm good friends with Troy now, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, we, t- we were talking about this and he said, yeah, no, you never understand wrestling until you're done wrestling. <laughs> like Once you're done, it, it takes a couple years of reflection back on your career. And then you understand all the lessons that you knew in your head, but then you didn't really get it. Now you get it after you're done. I think that's part of what makes him a great coach. But um, one of the mind-blowing things is I actually worked for Tony at, I, at the IRSL Night of Conflict. I was mm-hmm. doing video work for him. And then after, we all kind of went out to bars. We're hanging out. And Jason Lloyd, who's an AAU coach in Iowa, we're uh, Troy and I were talking about that that idea about wrestling. And Jason Lloyd was like, "Hey, what are you guys talking about?" And Troy goes, oh, "We're talking about the fact that you know, you don't really get wrestling until you're already done competing." And then he was like, "Oh yeah, that's totally true." And I was like, "Did everybody know this before? Like, am I?" like the millionth person to figure this out. I thought it was this huge revelation when I learned it, mm-hmm. but yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause like I had the same revelation, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, that's something that's, as I've done this podcast, like I've learned even more, you know, like about it. And I had, I'm the same with you. Like, man, if I had known this when I was actually competing, like oh, yeah, life would have been so much easier. <laughs> Exactly. And, and like, one of the things is like, what's a, like, what is, what makes a great wrestler? You know, like one thing that I want people to take away from unsanctioned is like one of the most important things to a wrestler is just being emotionally and mentally resilient. You know, like the physical toughness and the mental toughness is so important to wrestlers, but like you look at Tatum Shepard's story, fantastic wrestler had everything she, every, little aspect of a state champion is something she had all the attributes except that she was so afraid of losing. I I think she was so afraid of losing. Mm -hmm. She certainly, she crushed herself every time she lost a match. And I think once you look at her this year, I don't know if you follow girls wrestling in Iowa, Mm -hmm. but she's like 44 and two this year. And she is as confident as can be. She's gotten over the insecurity of losing which is just, I, I think that that's that last hump that a group takes a great wrestler to an exceptional wrestler, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I, I watched her wrestle. I was like, this is, this is, it's a new wrestler. And it's, it's crazy to see someone like if there was a most improved wrestler award for their off season, she would have got it. Mm-hmm. And for someone to be that good and then still be the most improved person on your team. That's, that's saying right. something. Yeah. She just won her hundredth career match. I thought I saw Yep. Yep, that was that was a cool moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially since you know this is like, um, how long has Ridgeview been going? I don't know. I don't know. So I know Troy Greeter. This is his third year at Ridgeview. Mm-hmm. He was the okay. head coach for two years, and then they split because girls wrestling got sanctioned, and then mm-hmm. he's coaching the girls now. Yeah. So yeah, this is his third year. But I know the Galva Holstein was a thing that. Uh, I don't remember when they became Ridgeview or if they existed at two different times and then they became Ridgeview. I don't, I'm not sure. how did you get hooked up with, with Troy and, you know, coach Greeter and, and the Ridgeview wrestling team, girls wrestling team. So it was, it was Jason Shepard's Tatum's dad, who's, who's an assistant coach. He hired me to make a video for them. 
um, because he saw the videos I made for my college and he's a professor in my college. So he was like, Oh, okay. So okay. like one day, one day that Tatum and Jason were. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. That's his, that's uh, Tatum's dad. And he, it was awesome. Cause I remember I just like held the door for him one day and he's like, Oh, thanks Clayton. Hey, did you make that video that I saw last night? Um, Cause I used to do this thing where when BVU had a duel, the duel would end at like seven and then I would start editing. I would like take all the footage, run into my dorm room on my computer mm-hmm. and then start editing and just have, I'm like, I'm going to have it done so they can post it at 8 AM the next day. Nice. Um, and so I would send the wrestling coach like an email at like four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay. You know, and they post it. So he was like, how did you do that in a day, like essentially at night? You know, and I was like, I guess I'm just that good, you know, but, <laughs> you know, but I can reveal now that, that I just, you know, decided that sleep wasn't that important. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, uh, and so he, he paid me to make a video for their team. And then that's when I was like, I knew I had to do this big project and all summer long, I'm like, what do I want to do it on? I know I want to do it with wrestling, but like Storm Lake's wrestling team wasn't, like, I mean, I'm sure they were good. They weren't anything extraordinary. And then BV's wrestling team, who I had really good relationships with, they had a few good people, but like, it wasn't like a guarantee that they were going to, like, you know, it wasn't anything like they were going to go into the national tournament and do anything like that. Especially with college wrestling, you can't predict that. Mm-hmm. College wrestling is so wild. Um but high school wrestling, there's a way wider range of competition. So if you have someone like Izzy Deeds who goes and pins people from California, like state mm-hmm. champion California and like other places in the state, it's like, well, you know, she's going to do at least pretty well. Yeah. You know? So I, I thought that would be a good story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so you, where'd you go to high school? Did you go to Crete? Yeah, I went to Crete. So you went to Crete High School, which is, you know, since I live in Omaha too now. And so that's, how far away is Crete from Omaha or yeah. from my apartment in Omaha? It's like an hour and five minutes away. Okay. Okay. So it's not too bad. Yeah. So then you were there and then, um, then you went to Buena Vista. Yeah. What, what led you to Buena Vista? The, it was the, um, the, the media department was, was really good. It, it was yeah. really weird. I went on a visit to, um, uh, Iowa Western and they said something along the lines of like, Oh, our transfer credits transfer perfectly to BVU. And we're like, Oh, well, let's just check out that place. And we're like, Oh, that sounds way better than going to a college and then moving. So mm-hmm. they shouldn't have said anything, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason. That's the reason I went to their, their, they had like a digital media day where they showed off all their equipment and stuff. And that was pretty cool. But the thing that got me there was I went on a visit with, and then, on my visit, the person giving a tour was like a manager for the wrestling team. And I was wearing a Crete wrestling sweatshirt. Hmm. And she told Sean White, who's the assistant coach at the time. And he approached me at lunch and was like, Hey, um, uh, how's it going? Do you like, how do you like campus? All this stuff. And I was like, that's good. That's good. So we'll talk. I'm the assistant coach of the wrestling team. Um, you know, we, we have interest in you. We think that you're, you could wrestle for our team. Would that be something you're interested in? I was like, definitely. Like, I love wrestling, you know? And he was like, well, uh, we should have a meeting later. And yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said, but at the end of the, the, 
interaction. It was about a 20 to 30 second interaction. At the end of it, he goes, Oh, by the way, state tournament. That's pretty good. They didn't end the way you wanted it to, but that's all right. And I was like, yeah. And then he walked away. And I was like, this guy knows everything. How did he do that? Right. On the drive home, I was like, Oh, track wrestling. That's how he did it. But mm-hmm. it, you know, it was, it was, it was just a thing where I was like, I met with him later that day. And I said, you know, I, I really like food too much. <laughs> like, I like, I like food and I was thinking about playing football in college and I was like, I really like having, I don't want to get concussions and ruin my brain either, you know? And so I, I wanted to do video like full time, like it was a sport. And that's what I told him. And he was like, Oh, well, we need a video guy. That'd be awesome. If you could do that for us, like we would definitely take you where we go. Like, give you all the food you need and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, sweet. Yeah. Wow. And so, so I was like, that's what got me there. I was like, okay, so I essentially have a job like minus the money, but like I have a job, <laughs> you know, I have a point to be there. And then I did a whole bunch of stuff with the, the TV station on campus. And that's what developed me from someone with a lot of ambition as a high schooler to where I am now. Wow. So right away when you got on campus, you, you basically had, projects you know like you, you had a team to follow yeah you everywhere too oh yeah well wow. whenever i could so i had a funny story i used to work in the mac lab before i had a big pc i used to work in the mac lab um all night if i wanted to and then sometimes i would like sleep through class don't yeah. i don't recommend that but <laughs> bill gates did that so yeah. <laughs> uh but um i uh I would be working what like one time it was like five in the morning and Sean texted me. He was like, Hey, we're going somewhere. I don't remember where, but like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, let me email my professors. Let me like do an equipment checkout so I can get a camera and stuff. And I emailed all my professors. Hey, I'm not going to be there. You know, some of them emailed me back somehow at 5 AM. They emailed me back. (laughs) You know, I need a week in advance to, um, for it to be an excused absence. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. Like it's an excuse. I'm still not going to be there, but like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I ended up uh, falling asleep at like seven and forgetting all about it. And then I actually went to class and like, it didn't make sense. Like my English teacher was like, Oh, Hey Clayton, you showed up. Like, it was like, yeah, I mean, it's, cl- you know, it's class. So I went to the class and I walked out of class and I see all the wrestlers getting into a van and then um, I was like, oh, no. So then I ran into my professor's office. And I was like, hey, did I do an equipment checkout? And he was like, yep, everything's all ready for you. And I was like, nice. okay, cool. Like, I had no, I, I don't even remember doing it, but I know I must have. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, everything's here ready for you. I was like, okay, cool. And I grabbed it, carried it to the van. I was like, hey, I'm going to go pack some clothes, smash some clothes into a duffel bag, <laughs> ran into the van fell asleep in the van, woke up kind of like sleepwalked to my hotel room, fell asleep. And I woke up at like four in the morning the next day was walking around. And there were a bunch of people in the lobby of the hotel, like drinking and laughing or whatever. And they were like, so how do you like it here or whatever? And I was like, Dude, I don't even know where I am. <laughs> like, I had no idea where I was. And I was, I ended up being like in South Dakota, like near Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I would have had no idea. I slept like eight hours in the van. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just that. And, and like through those trips like that, I got to know a lot of the wrestlers. And you see a lot of guys that develop their 
or they learned a lot of the wrestling lessons early and you could tell. And a lot of guys learned them in college and it was cool to see the development from someone who is like, I don't know, like they're super athletic and they're super tough, but then to go from like, like to, to really mentally, like, I feel like wrestling, the match starts like eight minutes before your match. Like when you're in the hole, your match has already started. And then the match isn't over until like you've mentally like rewinded and gone through the match. Like, what did you learn? That sort of thing. And to go from like, they would just kind of be goofing off before their match, mm-hmm. go out and just try to smash people. And then they come off and then they're goofing off again to go from that to like, really like coming at the sport with a, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say though, the, what words I'm trying to use, but um, much more uh, intentionally learning from every single match. Yeah. And then you see them, you see them like grow exponentially once they flip that switch. Yeah. And then that's where I fell in love with the sport. Really? So did you, did you kind of re-fall in love with it as like a spectator and like a videographer as you were like producing this stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. And and, and I also, like I, I have two younger siblings. One is, uh, I have, a, I have a younger sister who's a sophomore this year and a younger brother who's an eighth grader and they're wrestling. Both of them are wrestling. And so to watch them grow, it's like, you know, because you know your siblings better than anybody. Or yeah. if you're a good sibling, you know your siblings <laughs> better than anybody. And so I'm like, I I know I see them develop. My younger brother is an animal. You know, he's doing like 32 pull-ups as an eighth grader. You know, and he's like, yeah, he he goes he goes and wrestles with the high school, um, because they don't. I don't know their situation. Maybe they don't have someone at. They have someone at their at that weight that's like all alone at that weight. So they let him come up and wrestle him. So he'll go to five high school practices a week and then still go to three club practices a week. So he's going to eight practices a week. Like that kid just loves wrestling. And I see it impact him in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. Are you sharing some of your insight that you have now? now Oh yeah. Oh, all the time. And I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, um, too, I feel super preachy sometimes (laughs) because like he'll be, um, I'm like, you know, you have to have better head position and I'll like, I'll like just like in between his, uh, or here's a better example. We were at a meet. I, I, since I'm in the state now, I'm not in North Dakota anymore. I get to go watch him wrestle, which is awesome. Yeah. But he's like, uh, I forgot. he was super out of shape because he was in like middle school wrestling where they wrestle every day. And then he switched over to club and this was before he was going to the high school. So he was wrestling three times a day and the practices are less intense and so he gets after – he's done with his first match, and he's gassed. He's done. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, you know, we need to work on your cardio. My dad's – like, my dad's been coaching for, like, 40 years. He's a – not 40. He's not that old. <laughs> he, like, he's coached Texas, like, football in Texas. And he, he's, he's been a football coach for a long time. And because his kids wrestled, he's started to develop. He's now a wrestling coach. But he was saying, like, we need to work on your cardio – you need to like do more jump roping, all this stuff. And I'm like, that's not going to help him today. He's got three more matches. He's got two more matches if he's in the finals. You know what I mean? And I was like, Hey, you know, like cardio is great, but toughness can do the same thing. And so today toughness is just going to have to be the thing that, you know, gets you through it mm-hmm. and it's going to suck, but you just have to pull through. And that's something that I learned from, from, from Troy and from Sean White, you know, like just, 
they're able to just, they understand that like, you know, it's going to suck sometimes. Sometimes your, your opponent is in better shape than you. That doesn't, that doesn't, that means so little if you have the mental fortitude to like push through and, and just say, that's not a factor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's only like, that's a perfect, that's, that's a good lesson. They're like, all right, you don't have the cardio today. You're not going to have it today. Like you're not exactly. just going to magically get better at cardio today. So this is what you got. You got to use what you have today. Yeah. And, and like, what, what, what's the alternative? Just say, Oh, well, I guess I'm just going to go. Oh, and two today and my cardio, I'll just work on it tomorrow. Like, no, you're going to, you're going to go as hard as you can. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's what I was going to say. Uh, a lot of the cliche, you know, sayings or whatever that like, <laughs> that you were told back in the day, gosh, it's, they, they hold, they're so true. Oh, well, the, the one that rings true to me, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Right. You hear that so when you're younger, you're like, Oh my gosh, whatever. And you're like, yeah, I'm serious now. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I was, one thing that I, like, I always thought that there was this kid on my team in high school who didn't really drill that hard. And we were like, why is he so good? You know, mm-hmm. talent, hard work beats talent why is he so good? Like he was a state medalist and we were like, he, like, he's not even, like, he doesn't drill hard. We were, we were so baffled by this, but I remember one time I had, I remember I had, I had a few injuries, but I, I think this was when I had a concussion, I watched him wrestle live and I'm like, this dude doesn't back down from anybody, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, you know, when we're observing him, he's not, doesn't look like he's trying very hard. But like we had this coach who was a state champ from Central City, and he was going to Doan, which Doan is in Crete, mm-hmm. and he would come in and practice with us and just kick the crap out of everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, and and he he would put in legs on this kid for like ten. We did a ten minute period for conditioning sometimes, mm-hmm. and he for ten minutes would leg ride this kid and just destroy him. But he never got pinned, you know. And that was it. Was like okay, well hard work comes in a lot of different forms, you know? And that's sort of when I was like, yeah, hard work does be talent, you know, because a talented person would have gotten pinned in that situation like a hundred times. This guy, his name was Colby Linhart was the coach. And, and this guy was an absolute animal, but he didn't look like it, but he was able to just, he was, he put the legs in. He was an absolute wizard from that position. It, it, it's it's interesting and, and that's the what, what i'm sorry where i'm trying to go with this is like mm-hmm. just not getting pinned in a match is hard work mm-hmm. you know as long as yeah. keep your head up keep your wrists free and then you're going to survive the match and through surviving that match you're going to get better you know mm-hmm. and that's that's something my sister's a first year wrestler it's like i was like if you just keep your head up and your hands free on bottom, you're not going to get pinned. Like 98% of the way people get pinned is because their head goes down. Your head goes down. It's like, well, now they can do whatever they want to you, you know? And right. so it, it's just that sort of thing, but it's hard to keep your head up. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of toughness. Right. Yeah. Even though those are just like the little victories within the match that like, that can do wonders. It means so much, especially for a first year wrestler, like your sister. I mean, yeah. not getting pinned, watching this person pin like everybody, yeah. you know, on your bracket and you go, well, I didn't get pinned, you know, and that's like how the confidence just kind of builds slowly, you and, know, and confidence is so important. 
And, and that's the thing. Like, well, the best thing is that like, you take someone who pins everybody easily. If you make it to the end of the second period, you get pinned at the end of the second period, they're going to remember you. Yeah. They had to try to pin you. Right. You know? And that's one thing, Troy, in, in chapter one, I don't know how far you've watched through the series, but if you've watched chapter one, mm-hmm. after Shania's second match where she got pinned, she got pinned in like 15 seconds in the first match. Mm-hmm. And then the second match, she got a takedown and then got she tried to do a butcher, which is not a first year move in my opinion, but she tried to do a butcher and then got reversal and then got pinned. And it was like Troy talks about, I was like, that's not what's important. The fact that she got pinned is an important the fact that she competed and actually scored points in that match. Mm-hmm. That's a victory. That is a massive, that should be celebrated. And that's the sort of thing. And I think he even says, he learned that from Emma Randall, but he says, um, I, he thinks that girls appreciate that approach to the sport because he'll have girls go to meet and never win a match, but still be enthusiastic about the sport, mm-hmm. which is the most important. If, if, if wrestling, wrestling's a grind, but if wrestling is a painful grind, like it, it you're, you're done. You're, you're not going to want to improve. You're not going to care, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're a first, was she, was she a first year wrestler? Cause wasn't she the one that said that Tatum was like kind of on her butt about coming out for wrestling? Yeah, that that was her. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, like when you're first year, like it's like you're saying it's tough and it's a grind. And so it's easy for kids to get to the end of the season and be like, I'm done with this. Yeah. So to find those victories and keep them confidence up and keep them engaged in the sport is so huge when they first start out. Yeah, it's everything. Right. Because because wrestling is such a tough sport. You know, your practices, you'll never find harder practices in a high school sport than wrestling. Right. Unless it's a bad program. You know, if it's it's a legitimate program, those practices suck, you know, and it's hard. And and the best part is they don't care. Like I had a weights class and it was like, oh, well, we did leg day today. And my coach was like, it doesn't matter. You're going to be in your stance for an hour, you know, (laughs) it doesn't matter. You know, like you could be a leg day on a meet day and you just have to, you have to persevere. Mm -hmm. And that's the sort of thing is like those practices are so brutal. Yeah. You have to feel like you're accomplishing something. Otherwise you're going through those practices. You feel like it's for nothing. You're not going to go out again, you know? Yeah. And you know, like in other sports, like I'm guess I'm thinking like football, you know, if you're fast, if you're fast, you can have a little bit of success right away. Yep. You know, like they just give you the ball and you outrun everybody touchdown. Like exactly. You know? Yeah. And so there's some of those sports that are like that, but wrestling is so unique in the fact that it doesn't matter if you're, if you're strong, sure that helps, mm-hmm. but you know, there are some things where it's like, it doesn't matter, man. If this guy's better than you, a technician or whatever, he's going to beat you or she, you know? Yeah. And there's night, night. If, if 99.99% of people out there have someone else there that can kick their butt. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's, 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 uh, yeah. Like, look, you can have, like, if you're strong, I see it all the time. Like, like, if there's like this jacked kid that wants to go off for wrestling and then they lose every match and they're like, oh, I don't get, they, they're, they're confused. They don't get right. it because mm-hmm. these scrawny kids are able to duck under them, get hit a duck under, throw legs in and Turk. And then they're now you're turned, you're on your back. And you don't understand why mm-hmm. it, it's wrestling. It, it's, it's a martial art it, is the thing I tried. The, that's the best way I can explain it to people. It's like, it's a martial art. Like you can, 
be super jacked, go into a jujitsu gym and people could like some little scrawny dude could break your arm if they wanted to, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so much that has to do with the technique. It's so important, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You know, um, that's why it's funny. Like when you watch even NCAA wrestling or high school wrestling, whatever, you know, the, the size difference, even in the kids that are the same weight, you know, like, Oh yeah. 74, some kids at 174 look different. 165. Yeah. He's like six, three, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, not really filled out, but he's so savvy, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, um, well, that's one thing like Spencer Lee looks right. He looks strong, but the things he does to people, you wouldn't think he's that strong. You know what I mean? Like all, all right. his tops, that's just, that's all just excellent technique. Like he's yeah. strong. Don't get me wrong. There's videos of him doing pull-ups with like four plates attached to him. Like he's strong. But like, even if you were that strong, like it still is baffling the way he can able to do, I forget what that move's called, head hinge where you get the wrist, mm-hmm. head, shoulder, and you pull it up. I mean, that doesn't usually work on D, D1 athletes. You right. I mean? Like, you, you have to have perfect technique to pull that off. And, and he does it so seamlessly, you know. It, it just doesn't look like it, which makes him so amazing to watch, is it doesn't look like it's any, like, like it, he puts any work into it, which obviously he does, but it's just like, wow. Yeah, exactly. Pull that dude right over. Like, he just exactly. turns it so easily. And I remember it was before I watched a lot of college wrestling. I was watching the Nebraska-Iowa duel. Mm-hmm. And Spencer Lee came out and pinned our one up 125, like in the first period. And I was like, wow, that guy sucks. <laughs> first period. And then I realized like, oh, it's Spencer Lee. Like mm-hmm. he's not actually bad. And Spencer Lee is just really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the documentary unsanctioned a little bit, try to yeah. shine some light. Cause um, you know, as much as I Russell promoted and you guys, and, and you did as well, um, want to shine a little bit more light especially with the state tournament starting tomorrow you know oh yeah mm-hmm. so you know um how did it become a thing or how did it become about was it just your capstone you, you thought it was going to be your capstone I, I always i always wanted it the idea was to get it on amazon prime which i was just like rejected by amazon prime like a week ago but um it was the the goal was always for it to become a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea was I would make this chapter one, the first chapter would be like the pilot episode and I would try to get it into like festivals and stuff. It did make it into a couple of festivals, um, but then try to initially sell it to somewhere, you know, and then be on some platform somewhere. That was the dream. That would be awesome, you know? Um, but it, it sort of just became like, this is what I do. You know, like I would go to their practices periodically. And then once like Christmas break happened, I went to every single, every practice to the end of the year. And that's sort of when I noticed that they started to not realize I was there Mm -hmm. and they just started acting like normal people. And that's when I was like, this is just kind of shooting. It was just kind of what I did. And then um, I think when it blew up, like when it became a thing is when, um, I made a trailer for it, you know, and, and that's one thing like I made a trailer It went out, it got a lot of attention from other States who were like, well, and it was well known in the wrestling community that I, 
and they had already sanctioned it in Iowa, you know. Mm-hmm. And but like Georgia, like it blew up in Georgia, and they were like, "We need people like Troy Greeter in Georgia." It was yeah. like, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like it, it, it was great, and um, uh, that so that that's when it sort of I was like, "Whoa!" Like there's actually like a real like. Thank God I've been taking it seriously for so long because had I not, I would have to go back and because like make it professional. You know, the, the thing that blows my mind, though, is how seriously the team took it before it was a thing, like before it blew up, before it, when it was just a school project. Like I would interview Troy and I'd ask him questions and he would answer them so fully and so sincerely that by the third but like the third, I did four interviews with him. Like this third interview, he broke into tears in the interview. It's like, wow, like this guy's really taking it seriously. Like he's, he could have been like, yeah, I don't know, you know, but he's answering this question that's jerking tears out of his face. And it's, it, it's not, it, I was kind of shocked that he showed that level of seriousness to this project before it was even like, a, like before it was on IRS or before mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah. How did, how nervous were you or like, did that kind of like open, not open, uh, like light bulb moment for you? Like, Holy cow, these guys are taking it, you know, and these women are taking it so seriously. Like, did you start to get a little nervous? Like, man, I better step it up or I need to really perform here. Yeah. And I was, I would have been a nervous rat, man. Like, yeah, well, I was, I was nervous. Um, I also got way better at it through the process. And so mm-hmm. that's one thing when Amazon rejected me, I was like, well, look at me at the beginning of this and not the end night and day difference. So, but, um, it was, I was nervous mostly because Dr. Shepard Tatum's dad who works at my school is like the coolest person ever. And I look up to him a lot and I was like, I want to look like a fool in front of Dr. Shepard, you know? And uh, he was that guy, he's that professor that like everybody talks about, everyone thinks he's like, he's a, I learned computer science, which is like a miracle. So like the fact they did that was incredible. Um, But um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things I'm like, it's like my reputation on campus was at stake at the beginning, but then it was like when they were, it, it started out just a practice. And then, and then they would, they would go to a meet in Okaboji, which is like a four man bracket or four woman bracket, however you want to say it. But, um, and it was like, oh, this is, this meet could not matter. They might, they might, I might not even use this footage. So it doesn't matter if I do good or not. I'm just going to try to improve, get as well, as good as I can at this sort of just, technique of recording quite literally everything that happens i had gigabytes of footage after every single um mm-hmm. you know and so it was just i just want to get better and better and better so that if something happens where i do end up using the footage like i'll be ready and i will have done it well enough that it'll be used um the other thing is interviewing high school athletes <laughs> is hard it's really hard because I remember when I was in high school, they, they did better than I would have done because I was easily distractible, but yeah. um, those interviews were long and grueling. Like, like the shortest one was the 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. The longest one was with Tatum Shepard after she had already gone through the state tournament. Um, and it was like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> so like, I don't know how they did it, but like, 
it was it was good and it was it was easy to interview troy because troy as much as he doesn't want to say he's a fairly eloquent speaker mm-hmm. and he knew what he wanted to, to convey about himself and his program and his athletes yeah however like i asked there's an athlete who i asked like well do you think i'm not gonna say who it was mm-hmm. but some of the athletes on the team if they watch this they'll know who i'm talking about but i was like do you think that you're tougher or do you think you have some sort of mental toughness because you've wrestled that people who haven't wrestled don't have and she goes nah i'm the biggest pussy in the world and i was like well that's <laughs> i can't use that you know <laughs> i was like well at least at least they were honest you know yeah like like some of them are, were too smart. They knew what I was trying to get them to say. Really? And they were like, oh, well, the correct answer is <laughs> when some of them, like uh, one of them, Joe Lynn Tiefenthaler said, like, I always get nervous on wrestling boys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always get nervous. And then she said, unless like they're like skinny and have like no muscle, then I'm like, oh, I'll beat them. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I know that if I asked Tatum, I, I don't think I used it, but if I asked Tatum Shepard that question, she would say, no, I don't get nervous for anywhere because she's too smart. She knows that that's the correct answer is that you should never be nervous before a match. Um, and she, that's what she would have said. And so it's hard to get genuine answers because, um, like I said, like they're, they're just – also, they've never been interviewed before. And so they, mm-hmm. like, they know their reputation. They want themselves to look – you know, they want to present themselves well. And mm-hmm. most of all of them, I think did present themselves well, but like, you know, it, it's, it was hard to get them from, cause if they get interviewed by a news outlet, then I never get nervous before a boys match is an excellent answer. You know what I mean? But I'm right. not a news outlet. Like I want to get to know you, like how your mind really works. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard to switch them into that mode. But, you know, I, I think, you know, one after you interview him for 40 minutes, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and I will say Tatum Shepard, her interviews were so much fun because she says a lot of out-of-pocket things that is <laughs> absolutely like I totally her my favorite line in the whole documentary is when she's talking about her dad being her coach. And she says, I really enjoy it because we can practice at home and we can stock people on track wrestling. And I was like, yes, like I didn't even realize that that's what it is. It totally is. I did that. You know, like you stop, you like look up who you got mm-hmm. in the duel or whatever. I never thought of it as stalking somebody, but it pretty much is, you know? <laughs> and so the, her putting it that way made me laugh for probably every time I edited that little scene, I was like, this is, this is gold. This is great. <laughs> I remember that line. That's in the first, that's like really in the first episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, huh. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. It was awesome. You know, one thing I've learned since doing this is the, yeah, the, when they're in the sport, you know, they do try to, yeah, they, they say things that, you know, maybe they want people to hear that they think are the appropriate answers, but once they get out of the sport, you know, what I've noticed talking with people most most of my interviews have been with people who are done you know or they might be coaching or whatever but you know they give they give some pretty candid answers you know and they will be a little more in depth you know now that they're all of the sport and you know but um yeah. so i can see how you know but i thought high school would be interesting interviews i interesting. don't think i've done it in high school yeah high school student yet it, it's really interesting um, it, like 
for example, the best example I can think of is I that my first night of shooting, I thought I could get away with doing like only audio interviews, like where I just mm-hmm. record voice memos. Yeah, right. That doesn't work. I found out that it's just unusable unless you have the actual interview footage. Mm-hmm. But um, I interviewed Sophia Schultz, who is a wrestler at Raymond Central. Um, and that was the first night I had ever met her. I see her all the time now. She qualified for the Boys State Tournament last year. Wow. Now she wrestles for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I interviewed her. It was a long time ago. And I see her all the time because my sister, she's always wrestling at the tournaments my sister's at different mm-hmm. weight classes thank god but um i asked her i'm like so who do you have to wrestle tonight it was that night of conflict mm-hmm. it was like a premier meet she's one opponent i was like who do you got she's like i don't even know it doesn't matter and i was like good i mean cool but like you know like yeah you no know. there's no way you're like i don't even know i'm just gonna go show up like yeah you know. and but i'm like it, it, you know that's uh it's a good mindset to have, I suppose. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. You're going to wrestle as hard as you can, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know who you're wrestling. Come on. <laughs> yeah. How but, did you find some of these, you know, some of these athletes to interview and these programs? I kind of just showed up at meets. And, and I, I, I didn't know anything. When I showed up to the first few meets, I didn't know anything. But, like, now I see things, especially when I follow IA Wrestle. Mm-hmm. I see things. I'm like, that is literally the person in chapter two, you know, that wrestled Joe Lynn and beat her. And now I know that she wrestles for this school and that sort of thing. And she's meddled this many times. The other thing that's helpful is uh, Jason Shepard remembers everything. Yeah. Like I've gotten so many comments about like, Oh my gosh, she's so prepared. He's just, is he has all the information like, like in chapter three, Tatum wrestled. I can't remember the girl's name. Shepard would remember the girl's name, but I can't right now. Um, and he goes through this whole list, like a Fargo all American was a state runner up last year, did all these things, had a good, like wrestled this person. This was the score. And then this person won. And they were like, how did he, wow, he must just be so prepared. Like, no, he just remembered that. And I don't understand how he does it, but he remembers everything. And it was uh that was really helpful because he would i'd be recording and he would kind of lean over and be like hey so that person over there there mm-hmm. this is what they you know and then this is here their entire resume all the way mm-hmm. down the list their whole resume and I'm like okay got it and then also i made friends with the coach from spencer as well dave storm who that guy is amazing um his story i'm not going to go into it but he did something in the early 2000s where he created a team in spencer and then dueled another team and then the team just kind of were like sweet we did it and then they kind of just like quit let none of them wrestled again but like for one year he had a wrestling team like 2000 which Mm -hmm. was unheard of back then but um he he knows quite a bit and his daughter's now the the coach at at bvu for women's Mm -hmm. wrestling but yeah, it was just getting to know, like networking through. And then also just, if I'm recording, people ask the athletes like, Hey, why is this guy following you through hallway <laughs> to the camera? You know, and then, and then they're like, they're like, Oh, well that's Clayton. He's making a documentary about us. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. You know? And then people will come talk to me, you know, sometimes I, before. So I learned to have headphones when I'm recording because I record everything and I can't hear what they're talking about until I put it on my computer and then listen to it and watch it. So like I've recorded entire conversations of people talking about who's dating who, (laughs) and they look at me and they're like, what, 
this is not about wrestling. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't hear you. I, th- I, just, I thought you were talking about your bracket. No, they were talking about like people at their school dating people from whatever, you know, <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> I don't know, but um, just always, always being there made, I think, I hope people feel more comfortable with me just being around. And I was able to just kind of learn from, from that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, I had Dave and Paige Storm on the podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, we had, I had them. It was my, it's my only joint interview to date, but I had both of them at the same time. And yeah, so we talked about, all that stuff. It was, it's pretty, pretty cool what he did. And, you know, they were yeah. pretty emotional when he got sanctioned. So. Yes. And, and Paige Storm, I met her on my first day. Of, I met Dave and Paige my first day of filming um, because they were both at Okaboji because mm-hmm. Paige, I think coached somewhere in uh, South Dakota. Yeah. And then Dave was in Spencer and they were all there. And so mm-hmm. I talked to him and I was like, or, uh, Troy was like, Hey, maybe you can interview uh, Dave or something. And I was like, yeah. yeah, sure. Never gonna happen. Whatever ended up interview ended up interviewing Dave. But um, yeah. And the, the other thing is I think the girls wrestling community is so uh, more much tight knit than the guys wrestling community. It's, it's super competitive, but it's less competitive outside of uh, competition. Like everyone's so close. I feel like, and maybe that, I don't, I don't know why it just seems to be, that's the case where, um, you know, Spencer, the Spencer girls and the Ridgeview girls are like, they're they're like, they're all friends with each other. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting, you know? And so it was really easy to, um, sort of, they, they were very, they embraced me very, uh, very, like a lot, I don't know. And, um, I was able to just kind of, enter the community just because just because i think they knew my mission i think their mission they they assumed i was making a let's get girls wrestling sanctioned documentary Mm -hmm. before it was like before all the talk was that it was gonna happen Mm -hmm. and so they and that was that was not at all what i was trying to do Mm -hmm. i was just trying to tell a story of wrestlers and graduate and graduate was important too. <laughs> However, if graduation never happened, I think I would have been okay. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, it was it was interesting um, that like they knew my mission. They knew what I was trying to do. My first day of filming, I met Allie Reagan, who's an Olympic silver medalist, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh, this is a really cool idea." And I was like, "Thank you." And it was <laughs> weird. Like wrestling's weird. Like I've met Jordan Burroughs multiple times. Mm-hmm. He's like the Tom Brady of the sport, of, right. at least in America. And it was like, you you know, and he's just there. He's talking to you, you know, like wrestling. I think because it doesn't get a lot of uh, attention outside of the wrestling community, mm-hmm. it's much more. Everyone seems to be more uh, uh, just wants to talk to the the little guys like me. Like mm-hmm. Aaron Kirtley, who's kind of a big deal, was like, yeah, I'd love to do an interview with you, which is like she's kind of a big deal. You know, she could have easily just been like, I don't do media. Right. You know, and yeah. I, I would have never had that interview. I feel so bad though. Cause I interviewed her for like two hours and 10 minutes and used a two of her lines in the whole documentary chapter one through six, but she's like, Oh, it's so good. I love it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're not in it. Like it's yeah. just like you're everything you said was great, but it doesn't go with like what all the other interviews are saying. So I can't put it in. And she was like, Oh, I don't care about that. But yeah, she's great. She's awesome. 
Yeah, I've kind of learned that too, you know, since I started this podcast. Like, you'd be surprised at who you'd reach out to. And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you. And you're like, oh, yeah, really? <laughs> like, okay. It's so, it's so interesting. It, it's just like anything, you know, and as long as they know that you're genuine and that you're pushing it for the right reasons and, you know, like, yeah, for sure. Like people, and obviously, like you said, it's kind of a tight knit community. So, you know, on the other hand, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, you'll get burned real quick, but. You're going to know. Yeah. yeah. And, and as long as you're not doing like gotcha journalism type stuff you'll be fine as long as you're trying to promote every i think everyone who is serious about wrestling is either like loves the idea of growing the sport or is actively trying to grow the sport you know right and and that's literally what troy said it's like he's like and when your passion starts helping people it becomes your purpose and his purpose he thinks and i would agree is to grow the sport of girls wrestling and that's like there's troy is a huge example but there's so many people like troy that are just trying to build the sport up, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. And Dave, Dave Storm is and Paige too, you know, like that family, what they went through, like their big reason why the sport is where it is today, you know, and they, Dave doesn't, you know, doesn't want to take too much credit for it. You know, he wants to give credit, but he, yeah. you know, he's what I got from that. Yeah. Huge. Um, yeah. Why did you kind of make it? Why did you feel it necessary to do maybe like a girls wrestling, you know, what swayed you towards girls wrestling instead of, you know, boys wrestling? Um, honestly, nothing. I just, I would, I looked at the dominant athletes in my community and I'm like, well, this girls wrestling team is kicking butt. And to be honest, I didn't at the time before I, I watched one girls meet and it was Ridgeview going in and they just, dominated everybody there was no competition they killed everyone and mm-hmm. i was like well this is how the season's gonna go because look girls wrestling is fine um or, or even if I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest it was kind of back when i was like oh girls wrestling that whatever you know mm-hmm. and i was like well it's whatever except for ridgeview like ridgeview is amazing mm-hmm. but then you know you go to these tournaments and you're like okay it's not just ridgeview it's everywhere but i really thought i'm like look at these like wrestlers and i'd never seen wrestlers like that and i thought they were the only ones i was like they're just gonna go win state easily you know mm-hmm. you know I, I learned pretty quick that it's it's a lot more competitive than i thought and um I'm glad I learned that because otherwise I would be just as ignorant as I am now about, I I really would, I I wouldn't be as um, hyped about my sister being a wrestler. You know, if I didn't see Richie, like what, what female wrestlers are capable of becoming. And and the, the, the big thing about it is they take the sport as seriously as, as males do. Mm-hmm. Now, the only difference is when it wasn't sanctioned, they would go in practicing against girls doing snaps heavy hands tying up and all this stuff. And then you go against a match against a guy. It's like, Oh, well now you can't tie up snapping that does nothing. You know what I mean? And it's like, so they're going to lose, you know, but then when you watch girls wrestle girls, totally different. It's totally different. And it's, um, it's some people say it's more exciting. I'm a big fan of, what some would consider a boring wrestling match, like Spencer Lee taking someone down and then riding them for a period. I think that is awesome. I love all the technique. Really? <laughs> I love the tech. Everyone's talking about this Penn State versus Iowa tool. Oh, we need rule changes because it's boring. 
No, dude, I love two to one matches. There's so much technique that goes into making sure a human being can't stand up. You know what I mean? And I, I love that, you know, but so, so a lot of people love girls wrestling because you got girls doing like, like getting returned cartwheeling off their head and then into an escape and all these crazy things because their hips are shaped differently. So they can throw people more easily. Mm-hmm. It it's exciting. I will admit, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think wrestling's wrestling and I think every match can be exciting as long as it's not a blowout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, the product uh, in girls wrestling a few years ago compared to what it is today is is drastically improved, you know, with clubs now being a lot more formed and just more people and coaches and knowledge just in the sport, you know, drifting into women's wrestling and girls wrestling like it's starting to become because, yeah, I mean, you know, four or five years ago or even just a couple of years ago. Yeah, there there was a lot. Of, there was a big gap between, you know, the top level girls and you know, the, the lower level, but that gap is slowly starting to close. I I think so too. I think one of the big things is clubs getting girls in, in like fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, Mm -hmm. where if they're, if they're still wrestling boys, they're wrestling boys where they've already gone through puberty and they're developed a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the guys haven't. And so it's more of an even playing field. Um, And so you'll see eighth grade girls kick the crap out of some eighth grade boys, which, you know, hurts the guy's pride, but it's, it's an even matchup. And that's one thing, but my first exposure to girls wrestling was when I was in high school, I was in Dubuque at iron sharpens iron. And we had, we had a really small team there. So we had to merge with another team. The other coach was from Iowa. He was this crazy guy. He was like, I love violence. That's why I like wrestling. You know, he's one of those guys. (laughs) And um, he was like, he said something like we we had to duel a girls team. And most of us didn't have matches. Like I was 152. It was like, I didn't have a match. Like our lower guys did. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if one of you guys lose to a girl and your teammates make fun of you, you're not on our team anymore. Cause they're not a girl wrestler. They're a wrestler. And I was like, hmm. and he's like, all wrestlers are tough. It doesn't matter if they're a girl or a boy. And I'm like, then I bet actually makes sense. You right. Know? Because, you know, it takes a special kind of person to be a wrestler. And I would say if you're a girl wrestler, that's why that's why I chose the name unsanctioned. Because if you're a female wrestler, it wasn't the story about it getting sanctioned. A lot of people like to say that. It's really not the story of it getting sanctioned. It's the story of female wrestlers going through a male season and the toughness it takes to be at a strength disadvantage every single time. Every single varsity match, you're at a strength disadvantage, you know. And that's not an easy thing to do, but they never complained about it one time. Yeah. You know, they were just like, this is how it is. This is how, you know, we persevere anyway. And I was like, that's tough. That is toughness. And many times you see them win matches against guys and they don't like, it's not like they won the Super Bowl. Like, like they just, it's just, they won a wrestling match. And it was, it was, it was interesting to me. Right. Because mm-hmm. if I had seen, when I was in high school, if I had seen one of the girls in Nebraska beat one of my teammates, I'd been like, whoa, like mm-hmm. this is, the, it, it would have been, it would have been a little shocking, you know? Right. But these, these girls, they wrestle boys in practice oftentimes, especially at the beginning of the year, Tatum was wrestling uh, like one of the best guys in the room mm-hmm. in practice and um, loved it. You know, she was really mad. Troy made her, Troy ended up making her start to wrestle girls because 
Troy has Troy has a really wise philosophy, in my opinion, that girls wrestling boys doesn't help the girls get better. It makes them tougher, right. which probably, um, but it doesn't make their technique better because they can't yeah. use the same technique against a girl that they do right. a boy. They have to do mm-hmm. other things, and so he made Tatum start wrestling Izzy, which is um, tough because Izzy's a killer. Like mm-hmm. Izzy's one of those people I was telling my sister actually pointed this out when we were watching them, it, you know, it takes a special kind of wrestler when you're neutral and you can't even get risk control on the person. She doesn't let you get anything, like no risk control. If she's tied up with you, you'll never get inside tie ever. And, um, if you do like try to club the head or something, she just breaks the tie off and resets, you know? And like, she's not thinking that it's just na- second nature to her. And so it's, one of those things. That's another thing. They had so many good wrestlers in that room that are female wrestlers in that room that a lot of the girls that are new this year because they got sanctioned, they because wrestling got sanctioned in Iowa, they doubled the amount of wrestlers in the state for, for girls. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of like they have like 20 something wrestlers and like half of them are new, but all of them learned pretty quick just because there's so much talent in that room already. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I wouldn't have thought of um, before I started this documentary. Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you, you know, to do this documentary? So I started filming the the first official date in the documentary is November 15th. Mm -hmm. But I started recording a night of conflict. It was like October something Mm -hmm. is where I started. And then it finished. I don't know. I finished filming in like March filming interviews and stuff. And I finished editing in geez. It was, it was actually not that long ago. I, I would honestly say it's like, it was like October, you know, really? but yeah, because I wanted to re- release them a week apart. The first chapter went out June or July 14th or 15th, one of those. And then two weeks later, chapter two came out two weeks later, chapter three came out, but then I fell behind and I was like, well, and then like four, three weeks later, chapter four came out and then like five weeks later, chapter five came out and then chapter six was 40 minutes long. So it's basically two episodes. So that came out like six weeks later mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. Like, like I was going through, a, I was doing baseball. I was, like, there, like there were things in, that summer in Bismarck where I was like, well, we're doing a 12 hour work day. And I'm like, okay, so I would work 12 hours and then like go get a snack and then go back to the office and work for about four more hours and then sleep for three hours and then go back to work the next day. And that's just how I was, that's just how I was doing it because it, the alternative was, I just never get it done. Right. And I was terrified of the idea of like working on it. So working so hard on it and then stopping for like a month and then just dropping it. The, right. you know, because I feel like when you take that break, it's easy to just not get back into it for sure. But, and then things happen. Like I got food poisoning two days in a row. I got food poisoning two days in a row. Once from, I'm calling them out. Hy-Vee chicken wing got me. They betrayed me. And then Applebee's the next day. Really? Yeah. Both of them were from chicken wings. I didn't learn my lesson, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I remember putting out like chapter six was supposed to be released the day I get the food poisoning part two day. Mm-hmm. That's when chapter six was supposed to go out. And so I put out a, a graphic, by the way, I was very, I didn't want any of the athletes phone numbers or anything just because like, 
they're high school girls. I I wanted to right. contact them through Troy, but one of them got my phone number somehow. I have no idea. Izzy Deeds is just texting me every single day, like, when's it coming out? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Cause I think if you know the ending, you know why Izzy would be excited for it to come out, you know, the ending of it. And I um, released a graphic that said delayed due to sickness, due to illness. And it's a picture of Izzy going like this in her match. She's really mad. And um, then, uh, oh, I get a whole bunch of Facebook messages like, take time for yourself. Like, oh, sending good thoughts and all this stuff. (laughs) They don't know that I'm really, I'm just like, like, you know, I just had bad chicken wings. Like they think I'm having like I have cancer or something. Yeah. You know, and so that was an interesting thing. But yeah, like I, the, so many random things happened. Like I had to find a job. Like I had to go to job interviews. So I'm like, well, I can't work today because I'm like preparing for this interview and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, a lot of things delayed it. I would love someday to do a documentary full time where I don't have to worry about anything other than like keeping my girlfriend and having and like like not starving to death. Like those two things, that would be great. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was, it was interesting. Like it, I, I think if I had no other distractions, I probably could have gotten it done in like three, three months tops, mm-hmm. the editing process, three months tops, but you know, life is, that's not what life is. Life, life is you have yeah. a million things happening. How, and, how excited were the, were the little, you know, the girl wrestlers, like when you first showed up or like, you know, were they like, all right, this is going to be awesome. Or were they like, who's this guy? What's he doing? They they remembered me from when I made that video of them and that video did super good on social media. They loved Mm -hmm. it. They were like, this video is badass. I think was a quote by Tatum Shepard. And, um, so, uh, they, they liked me already when I showed up because they were like, oh, he made that video about us. So he's now he's just doing this. And they're like, this is a little weird. But like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't just some random creep that walked in with a camera and was like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where where can people find it? Who uh, who might be looking for it? So it's on rockfin.com, which has been the biggest hurdle to get people to watch it is because people who aren't familiar with wrestling have no idea what that is. It's essentially rockfin is essentially YouTube, but it's different. It's just a different YouTube. And it's, it's where IA wrestles main brand is. And so when IA wrestle put it out, they put it out through rockfin um, because apparently that's how um, that's the best way to make money off stuff. Now I made no money off this thing, um, which is fine. That's not why I did it. Um, but yeah, it's on rockfin.com. If you look at IA wrestles, uh, account, that's like their channel on it. That's how you find it. However, it might be on YouTube at some point, because like I said, I got a lot better through this process. So chapter six is way better than chapter one. And so I'm going back through and making, bringing chapter one, two, and three, and four up to the standards of five and six. And then I'll put it out on YouTube, on my YouTube or a YouTube channel. And then it'll be like officially mine and I can move on, you know, do something else. What's that something else? I don't know. Right. Right now I work for the Omaha Storm Chasers um, and I'm really happy there. I'd like to either coach somewhere um, 
I've been looking to coach for a while now, especially after meeting like Troy and Jason Shepard, who are some of the right. best coaches I've ever met. I'm like, look at the impact they have on these people. And man, I made it my job to analyze the impact that it had on people. And so I was like, I could do that. And I want to try that. And so I've been looking to coach volunteer coach, nothing too serious, but like somewhere, whether it's, whether that's a club or a high school room, it could be boys or girls. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I'd like to either do that this coming fall and, and winter during the off season, baseball off season. Um, or I've been thinking I could start another documentary in the off season and just see how that goes. However, I know how hard of a grind it was to edit a documentary during a baseball season, which would inevitably be what happens if I start filming a documentary next fall. So I don't know. But I, I'm thinking I want to coach somewhere. I think I might reach out to high schools and see if they're looking for volunteers because I don't want to become 30 coach for the first time and be like, wow, this is really my thing. I love doing this, but now my body is partially broken and I can't do it the best I can. And I could have been doing it the last eight years, you know? And so mm -hmm. I, I, I'm thinking about reaching out and, and trying to find somewhere to volunteer coach. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Sorry, that just got me thinking because, like, you know, I've been in Omaha seven years now, you know, and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's opportunities here for you, you know. I'd imagine there are. And I was for just sure. at Louisville and this guy was like, oh, they're looking for someone to help assistant coach the girls. And I'm like, right. Wow. You know, and, but however, I can't I can't be like an actual coach. I got to be like a bonus coach. Because if they're requiring me to be every, there every day, that's not going to happen. There's no way because I have a job that requires a lot of me. Mm -hmm. And so I need something, I guess, program that's already stable that doesn't really need me, but would still be willing to take me in and, and teach me how to be a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Next documentary, though, what, what do you have in mind? I have no idea. So there's a, there's someone, I have no clue. Like really, I, I was at a UNO hockey game mm -hmm. not that long ago. And I was like, they had this ice skater in between one of the periods. I'm like, well, that'd be a cool story. Like this little, it's like an eight, like, like it looks like an eight year old or a 10 year old. She was doing all these ice skating things. I was like, well, that'd be a cool documentary, you know, not, not to the, not, not a vast docu-series like I did with girls wrestling, mm -hmm. but like, It'd be a cool like 10 minute thing just to get into one of those practices and see like, why is that person's calves more jacked <laughs> than my calves? You know, when I go to the gym every day, <laughs> you know, and it's like, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've got a, uh, someone I really, he's younger than me and he tells me he looks up to me, but in reality, I think I look up to him. His name's Josh Tiggis and he goes to my school and he's doing he told me he's going to do what I did for my senior project, but he's doing it about like uh, dirt race, dirt track racing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, he's following a, a, one of the racers through their, like their last, it's like their last um, season of racing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. You yeah. know, that's a cool story too. And so really stories are everywhere. And that's one thing one of my professors, Andrea France told me, is like, Every single person has a story mm -hmm. and some people's stories are more interesting than others, but everybody has a story. And if you don't, 
I mean, you're kind of a loser. Like you're not really doing anything. If you don't, if you don't have something that you're looking forward to or training for or doing something like you're not, you know, everybody has something that, that they're doing that is in, that can be interesting to someone else. And so I just got to find something that people will resonate with and that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you, did you get a lot of love for the unsanctioned documentary? Were you kind of expecting that? I wasn't expecting it. And I don't think any of it's really warranted, but yes, I did. Um, the biggest thing is I got a lot of connections with um, uh, like important people like Aaron Curtley and Dave Storm, um, who wouldn't say that they're important people, but they definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. It's, it was, um, it was interesting. The, the, the most, there was, there was never one mean comment in the, uh, like when every, I put a lot of promotional stuff out on Facebook and Instagram. All the comments were like, this is worth every second of watching. This is amazing. This is great. And it's just a student project, you know, like, like I wanted to make it as professional as it could be, but um, a lot of people after the first one went out, a lot of people thought they were all out and were like, I'm going to binge the whole series tonight. And I'm like, well, you can't. (laughs) Because one sixth of it is done, but yeah, um, yeah. So the, a lot of Northwest Iowa people who know Ridgeview, people who know um, the Shepherds, or they know like uh, Troy or the girls on the team. A lot of them uh, really enjoyed it, and then other people who know other people on the team that aren't in the documentary. Like that's one thing I like to mention a lot is there's a lot of athletes on this team that are just as important and just as uh resilient or whatever as the people that were really really heavily featured like there's this girl her name's Haley lawrence it was her first year of wrestling and it was also shania's first year of wrestling and so i was going to tell one of their stories i interviewed both of them shot every single match that both of them had and at the end i just had to choose shania because just because her record was better like that was the only reason and, and Haley is awesome. I think she's, I really think that world of her. I think she's great, but it's like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't put both storylines in and because nobody would want to watch a five hour long docuseries. Um, and so a lot of, there's a lot of Daniel Werner's another one who she qualified, she got first at regionals last this wow. uh, weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I wanted to tell her story so badly because she reminded me of, uh, myself as a wrestler because she essentially would win. She won every match she was supposed to win. And then a lot of times when she wasn't technically on paper supposed to win would lose. And she's totally overcome that in the last year. And she's an absolute beast now mm-hmm. and she, she's killing it. But I want to tell her story so badly, but I just couldn't because there wasn't, there wasn't time in the, in the, you know, in the, in the 25 minute span that people would watch something, you know? And so I couldn't tell everybody's story, which was heartbreaking, you know? So there's no like bonus episodes or there might be, I might, I might never be able to let this thing go. Yeah. I, I was going to put out a post. I might do that where Haley won her first match and the look on her face was like, it's priceless. You know, she, she won her fast. She had worked so hard to win that match and you see all of the emotions come out when she won. She ran and jumped into her coach's arms. She, she pinned the girl, goes like this, 
with her hands up like Rocky. And I was like, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I was like, that's why people wrestle. You know what I mean? It's not because wrestling, wrestling's fun, kind of, <laughs> but it's mostly what's really fun is the rewarding feeling you get after all your hard work pays off, you know, and it doesn't have to pay off in winning. It has to pay out. It'll pay off somewhere, you know, all hard work pays off somewhere. And so it's good to see, um, it's good to see it pay off in the sport though. That's a little bit extra rewarding, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I'm sure everyone, you know, who's listening will want to thank you for, for everything that you've done, you know, for the sport. I mean, no, no one's ever done that. And, you know, no one's done a documentary like that. And it, if, what am I trying to say? If, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It'll, it'll come to me, but no one's done what you've done, you know? Well, I, I have. Plenty of people could have, but they, they haven't, I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to thank everyone who um, was in it, was a part of it and took it seriously. Because like I said, I was just a college student who, uh, I was a college student. I, I mean, I literally, all I did was make like one minute long videos that were like, get hyped about the whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, to do this was something I'd never done before. And I thought, when I went into it, I was literally like, this is probably not going to be that good. And but I'm going to learn a lot. And then, but everybody really took it very seriously and um, helped me feel comfortable in the, in the Ridgeview wrestling community and just the girls wrestling community. And if that wouldn't have happened, I would have been, I would have felt like a fish out of water, despite being part of the sport. I still would have felt weird holding a camera, following people around, but because they felt helped me feel confident in what I was doing I had no problem following people through a hallway. If I didn't feel that, if I wasn't recording everything, I would have got nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had enough to be able to lace together a story with everything. And so I would have had pieces, fragments of, of highlights from matches. And so that was, uh, it was the community. This wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for like Troy and just all the girls and, and Jason Shepard and being just the girls wrestling community as a whole. Um, allowing me to do it comfortably. for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guest clayton van horn for taking the time to sit down and chat with me cover art created and designed by Kristen gill feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on twitter instagram and my brand new facebook page to hear more of my content and please don't forget to check out my new website at let's talk wrestling podcast.my.canva.site and as always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the let's talk wrestling podcast Take care.
See you next time. 